to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. The third and final report of the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's sixth assessment cycle was published earlier this week. While part one highlighted the scale of the effect that humans are having on the Earth's climate system, and the report by the second IPCC working group said both humans and nature are being pushed beyond their ability to adapt, part three finds that, despite warnings, emissions have continued to rise in the last decade and that only severe cuts will allow the world to avoid climate extremes. UCT Professor Brett Cohen was one of the lead authors of the latest report. He's also one of the directors of Greenhouse, a sustainability consultancy. Brett, thanks for joining us on Being Green. So so where do we stand, according to the scientists, including yourself, of course, in Working Group 3? Hi, Glynis. So as you've stated, we are fast approaching the point where there's no going back in terms of avoiding catastrophic climate change. And what the science has shown that in order to remain within a 1.5 degree Celsius target by 2100, which is what we what we need, we need to make extreme cuts immediately across all sectors and across all regions. And that's what the report is telling us. This includes reducing greenhouse gas, well, peaking with greenhouse gas emissions by 2025, only three and a bit years away, and then cutting by half by 2030. So it's a big global effort that is required. It talks of cuts in agriculture, transport, energy production, buildings, that all of these are required, but it seems that even this is, is not going to be enough. It, it seems to suggest that we need to actually start removing CO2 from the atmosphere. Um, why is that and, and how do we do it? That is correct. So for the first time, the report goes into a lot of depth about the area of CDR or carbon dioxide removal. And what is indicated is that, first of all, we have already emitted a whole lot of greenhouse gas emissions into the atmosphere. So we have this kind of cumulative body there. And we're going to be emitting over the next decade as we reduce emissions from all those sectors. And then the report also acknowledges that there will still be a residual by 2050 and beyond, both from hard-to-abate sectors like aviation, for example, And then also there are other greenhouse gas emissions other than carbon dioxide, which we might not be able to bring down to zero, which is what we need. And so in order to offset these residual emissions, the hard-to-abate emissions, and finally some of the non-CO2 gases, we are going to have to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. But the report also suggests, and I think that this is something that you are particularly interested in, that it's not about individual technologies, but about taking a sort of broader systems approach to mitigation. That is correct. Uh, One of the big things that came out of the report for me was exactly the fact that none of the sectors are separate, none of the industries are separate. So, for example, if we are going to decarbonize the transport sector, we are going to have to look at the way cities are built, our infrastructure within cities as well. Can we reduce the demand for transport? Can we increase the amount that people use non-motorized transport, for example? And then, of course, this um, also moves across to the electricity sector because a lot of our land-based transport is going to have to be linked to electric vehicles. 
and electric vehicles are the most efficient and least greenhouse gas emissions producing if we have clean energy. So there we need renewable electricity plus the rollout of electric vehicles. And there are examples of these kinds of systems interactions across the board which are brought out through the report. And I think, if you like, part of the system is is, is that we tend not to look at so much, or I don't look at so much, is um, us, the consumers. And that was another point that was brought out in the report for the, for the first time, that demand also needs to be addressed. Yes, absolutely. You're right, it was the first time we had social scientists and psychologists on board as part of the author team. And they did have a look at how we consume as society. And they showed that there could be very high emissions reductions by changing the way people consume. So people's behaviors, what they choose to buy, what they choose to eat. And there are various interventions that policymakers could consider which drive demand choices. So uh, it's called choice selection. And, uh, you know, by, by changing the way people think about things, they might choose to, to buy differently. Mm. And that could have a big impact. I went out and, and bought my ladles of Love Organic Bucket <laughs> on Wednesday, so I'm, I've started reducing the amount of potential methane that I put on the landfills. But, Brett, to go back to the changes that need to be made, these kind of changes that are proposed come with a huge cost to the economy. How are they going to sell it? So the, the costs aren't as high as what people perhaps think. So we have already options available to us at perhaps arguably affordable costs that could reduce our emissions by half by 2030. And I think there are two arguments that are put forward in the report uh, uh, in this regard. The first of these is that the report shows that the impact on GDP, gross domestic product, uh, globally by implementing a mitigation action and achieving a 1.5 degree target will be very small. We're looking at a two, two, I think 2.6 to 4 odd impact, percentage impact over the time now uh, to 2050, that's less than a tenth, a tenth of a percent per year is going to be the negative impact on GDP. And the second thing that the report says is that, and, and sorry, this is without considering the negative impacts of climate change if we don't do anything. The mm-hmm. other thing that the report shows is that if we don't start immediately, then the cost down the line when, when people try and take more action are going to be far greater than if we start today. So while there are some costs, admittedly, the costs of inaction are higher. Thanks, Brett. Sadly, we've, we've run out of time, but basically the message is that for every one of, of us, everything we do by eat or use, we must try and reach net zero by 2050. That was Brett Cohen, one of the lead authors of the latest IPCC report and a director of the sustainability consultancy, The Greenhouse. And that's it for this week from me, Glynis Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.